Think of the most enduring business relationships you've had. What were they like? Do you still have them? What is it about them that has made them last this long? If you asked your client, any of your clients, or perhaps your best client, why do you still work with me? What would they say? Have you ever asked a client that question? And if you already know the answer to that question, you can keep on doing the right things right and attract even more clients who also feel that way about you. So today, I'm going to give you seven ways to build such lasting client relationships. This is episode 83 of the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, this is Mark. I'm the host of the Training Business Podcast. This is the podcast or show for freelance trainers, for training business owners, training consultants, just like you and I all around the world, wherever you might be today. And the goal of this episode and every episode of the show each week is simple. It's to help you to start to grow and to scale a profitable training business. Despite current conditions, we're still looking to find ways to profitability in these challenging times. And there's an episode every Thursday, and you can find those episodes on podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and others. And for that reason, we'd love you to subscribe to the show to be notified of upcoming episodes each week. Now, before the music, I ask you a couple of questions about your client, or maybe questions you've asked yourself, or you might even have asked clients, why do you still work with me? What is it that's made this relationship that you have with that client last this long? Perhaps you still have relationships you would describe as your best client relationships. So I'd like you to think about that. What is it about those relationships that have stood the test of time? Because if they are still intact, then it must be because you're doing something right. You're still learning and earning from them, and your client is still learning and earning from you. Some relationships, of course, don't last. Some are once-off. I get that kind of work too. Someone I don't know contacts me. Maybe their current provider is unavailable or indisposed, and I'm brought in to do some work. And I did some work as a lecturer part-time at the Chartered Institute of Marketing one time. I applied to be an associate there, and I thought I was in, but it only turned out to be temporary work because someone else whom they typically worked with had that gig. So I was a once-off trainer for that particular brand, the Chartered Institute of Marketing, one particular gig, one time. So that happens. But then, of course, I have other clients who trust me and with whom I have a longer relationship. Some relationships don't last because something breaks or changes. That's natural. That's normal. Some, of course, you are glad to see the back of, and I talked about that on a previous episode, how to, you know, break up with clients or relationships that aren't right with you. So very often you will have more short-term contracts than longer-term relationships, and that almost bears up the principle of what's called the Pareto Principle, and this is from, I think, an 18th or 19th century Italian economist who came up with this principle, the Pareto principle, which suggests that 80% 
of our results come from 20% of our clients. And the corollary is that often 80% of our problems come from 20% of our clients. So this Pareto principle seems to hold true in a whole host of business areas. And for that reason, long-term relationships with the ideal client that you have are the ones to foster, the ones to improve, and the ones to keep. And in episode 73 of the podcast, which was entitled How and Why to Identify Your Ideal Customer, we talked about that, didn't we? We gave you some ideas as to how to find, how to identify, and enclose in that relationship, that relationship, a profitable relationship with your ideal customer. Not everyone has ideal customers. Maybe you have a handful of them, but I think it's true to say that most of us don't have all relationships at the ideal level. But here's today how to get closer to your client and how to develop lasting relationships with the right clients. And one of the reasons that you have good relationships with good clients or great relationships with great clients is that they provide you with reliable income streams and opportunities for growing your training business and vice versa. You in turn bring something unique, something of value to them, which they can't get elsewhere. And this is the reason they must keep you coming back. But it's not as simple as that because invariably things go off the boil. And one of my favorite quotations is from one of my favorite plays by Shakespeare called Hamlet, which I studied in school. And it's this phrase. He said, the friends that thou hast grapple them to thy soul with hoops of steel. The friends that thou hast grapple them to thy soul with hoops of steel. In 21st century English, what that means is this. The best clients that you have bind them to you and you to them. We're not looking to be friends with clients all the time. It's nice to have, but we want to be needed. We want to be valuable. We want to be indispensable and often irreplaceable. You want to be needed, not just to be liked. You want ideally both, but you want to be needed because this is what helps to build the basis of a long-lasting relationship. You are satisfying their need and in return, they're, of course, coming back to you and providing you with work. So why don't we do this? Why don't we define lasting client relationships? And three things come to mind. First of all, both parties have something to gain by the success and something to lose by the failure of that relationship. So again, both parties have something to gain by the success and something to lose by the failure of that relationship. Number two, both have respect for each other, you for their business, and they for how you uniquely add value to their business. And number three, both know the boundaries, the boundaries of the relationship, what will not work, what cannot be allowed, what is acceptable to the other party, each and the other party. So today I'm going to give you five steps or five thoughts that I have to help you to build lasting client relationships. Now, I must give you a caveat here for the reasons I've mentioned. Not all of your relationships will be lasting. Some are temporary. Some are just fleeting relationships. You provide training or consulting or coaching on an as-needs basis. Sometimes things pop up ad hoc and you deliver and you never hear from those people again. That's okay because sometimes 
For the reasons I mentioned, you are not always right for them long term, nor they right for you. So we're looking here to a kind of quid pro quo where you are giving something which they can't get elsewhere and you're doing it right consistently and in return the reward that you want from them is something they can provide you. It's a two-way street. So we're looking to build client relationships. And for those reasons, I'm going to give you five steps or five tips to do that. The first one is to be one step ahead or even five steps ahead. In the last five years, or in fact, let's think of, let's think of the future. In the next five years, in five years' time, it's now Monday, the 13th of April, 2020. In five years from today, at least 50% of your business will more than likely come from clients you don't have yet, people whom you don't know. Technology, perhaps not yet implemented or built, uh, business problems which don't yet exist. Is that true? Well, let's put this to the test. Think back to, mm, let's say 2007, Airbnb, did they exist I don't think so. I could have my facts wrong, but I think they actually began in a very difficult time in the recession, the last big recession, not the current one or the one that's coming, arguably. I'm not an economist, but some people say there are rough times ahead. That could be true. But rough times are always around. Things are cyclical. Things happen. Recessions arrive. They go. People grow. Some people are let go. It's normal. But here's the thing. Very often, we don't have to see that far ahead. We just got to be thinking that far ahead. What this means is this, many businesses will emerge from this current COVID-19 environment. No one anticipated, well, maybe a few did, what the current circumstances are. Some will go under, some businesses will not survive, but some will pivot and reinvent themselves. So what most trainers, coaches, and consultants do is they help with problems which exist now. And that's what most of us do. But the best trainers, the best consultants, the best coaches are looking to the future. They are one step ahead. They're not just focused on what problems businesses, their clients have now, but what is around the corner and how they can help their clients to prepare for what's around the corner. So ask yourself, what are the trends now pointing towards in the future? Is it remote working? Is it online coaching and training? Is this what your clients will need not just today, but arguably in three, four, or five years from now. That's the first step today, which is to be one step ahead in making yourself valuable and different. The second step today is to be a solver of costly problems. If you're, let's say, if you're selling time management courses, and that's what you call what you provide, time management courses, then I would say you're just like the rest of the other providers out there doing the same thing, selling the same kinds of courses, calling it the same thing. However, if you were to say to your best client, I can show you how to save your executives 35% of time wasted on non-income generating activities, I can reduce their stress, I can show you help to how to help them to increase their productivity. How does that sound to you? What would you say to that? Well, probably it would be a much more powerful argument. Businesses reluctantly spend money, but businesses willingly invest money. Businesses reluctantly spend money, but businesses willingly invest money. And the things worth investing in are the things which reduce costs and increase profits. 
So it's both a case of positioning your solution, but it's also a question of delivering the solution to costly problems. So when you're doing this, you've got to think, what is the ROI, the return on investment of solving this problem with my coaching, with my training, with my consulting? What do I get for investing in your customer care program, your leadership workshop, your coaching online course, your presentation skills course? This is what your client is thinking. So it's not a question of just saying, I can give you a time management course, but if you dig deeper and say, I can actually solve these problems, here are the problems that people just like you typically have, I've given some thought to this, and I can deliver savings and increase profits in these ways. That's an ROI conversation. That's a business level conversation. And we touched upon this on episode 69, I think, with Jack and Patty Phillips of the ROI Institute. I think that was the last episode of 2019. And we also touched upon that topic with Wendy Kirkpatrick of Kirkpatrick Partners back in episode 50 in 2019. That's crucial, really crucial and worth listening to again. It's knowing that it's not a case of just providing a solution, it's understanding the problem in the first place. So knowing the cost of your client's problems and being able to be a solver of those costly problems, that is what helps to engender long-term relationships. So I'd like you to ask yourself this, can I currently identify, discuss, and solve my best client's biggest problems? That's the point here today. That's the key point with that Number two, which is be a solver of costly problems, which leads us nicely to the next point, which is this. Number three, to be an extension of your client. That also helps to create long-term lasting relationships. To know which problems exist, where they are causing problems elsewhere in the business, how long they have existed, what the likely sources of those problems are, Uh, what the business has already tried, what they're currently considering, who is currently considering that solution, and what you must know. Those show that you're not just a trainer, you're someone with their business interests at heart. You're understanding their business or you're trying to understand their business, not just make money from their business. So many trainers see dollar signs when they approach a client. But what the client actually wants to hear is, can you actually convince me that you understand what it's like to be me with my problems and the cost of those problems and the benefit of finding a solution to those problems? So the best consultants, the one with the longest relationships, are those which consistently manage to convince their client that they're actually an extension of their business, not just a provider to the business, but almost part of the business. You are a trusted advisor. You know the people. You network with them. You're familiar with their language. Not just HR. Many trainers fall down because the only relationship they have with a client is a decision maker in HR. And HR, their job is to find providers. But HR people, in my experience, don't always understand the business requirements. Now, that's something you might argue about, but that's my experience. They hire trainers, bring them in to deliver time management. But very often, the person who's actually signing the check is the person with that business problem. But when you can connect 
with that business person, have a conversation with that business person, help them see in you a provider of solutions to their business problems. That's a whole different dynamic and a much more sustainable and long-term relationship. In episode 62 in 2019, I spoke with Matt Dixon or Dr. Matt Dixon, who was the co-author of one of my favorite sales books called The Challenger's Sale. And he talked about the importance of people being able to teach the client something, not just go in and sell what they do, selling resilience, selling customer care, selling sales training, but being able to give an insight, something provocative, something different. And when you've read the client's prospectus, when you've met the team of the people, when you've looked at their website, when you've a real feel, a real feel for their business, can speak their internal language. It's funny how many businesses have internal language, which many unsuccessful providers don't speak, but the successful ones do. Well, those kinds of people are the people that get themselves invited to offshore events. Given a company email address, I've seen this happen. They get to meet their team. They know the language. They attend annual events. When the word X is mentioned in that company, the business automatically thinks of that consultant, of that trainer, of that coach. So the question I'd like to ask you to ask yourself here right now in point number three today is this. When was the last time I solved a problem that no one else could solve? And when I solve that problem, do my clients automatically think of me? In other words, am I someone who's so ingrained so embedded that I'm an extension of their business. I am not an employee, but I'm part of the business. I'm part of the solution. I'm one of the cogs that keeps that business going. Ask yourself that question. Is there anyone with whom you could say you have that kind of relationship? Because that's the point to get to, to be able to build that kind of long, embedded, intricate, interdependent, lasting relationship. Number three today, be difficult to replace. When starting with a client, um, it takes time to be onboarded, right? It takes time to figure out, you know, who's who and what they do, what they sell, uh, where their problems are, uh, how the business is structured, etc., etc. Your client might introduce you to people in the organization, to HR, to the people responsible for the team, your training, they might share some documents with you. That typically is how it works with me. I get access to some internal documents, maybe something on G Drive or SharePoint or something else. I've got to get to know uh, the language of the organization, maybe uh, meet a couple of people, observe them for a while, do a kind of managing by walking around, just pick things up by observation, and so on and so on. So that takes time because the client has to entrust you with X, give you access to X, show you how X works. And they have to do so because the more you know, the more you can help them to grow, the more you can help them to solve the problems. But this is useful because if you think of it, the more you know, the greater the cost of letting you go. The less you know, the longer it takes to educate you, to show you around, to train you up. It's a pain in the ass having to do this with each trainer, with each coach, with each consultant. The company actually just wants to do this once because it takes time. It's an administrative overhead having to onboard training providers each time. But that's good for you. So you want to protect your investment, the time you've committed to 
getting to know this client. And of course, they want to as well, because they've invested time in bringing you up to speed. The more you know, and the longer it has taken to invest in you this time, this knowledge, the more costly it is to replace you. So think of it. Think of it this way. It's up to you to acquire this knowledge. It's up to you to invest in relationships. No one's going to knock on your door and say, would you mind coming for a coffee and I'll show you around. I've got half an hour of my busy day to make things easy for you. No one's going to do that. So you've got to step up, invest in your own knowledge, study the organization, maybe increase your capacity to do something. You might have to invest in a course, uh, acquire a certification, always be learning to be able to contribute to that organization's ROI. That's your role, not to turn up and train, but to invest and help them to grow. The people, here's another consideration, who hire you will, of course, inevitably leave. They might be promoted, they might be fired. And the more difficult it is for the new person, that owner, that manager, to do away with your services, the more difficult you are to replace. So think about that. Okay, think about that long and hard. Have you so much knowledge, so much experience? Are you involved in so many areas of that business that you're very difficult to replace? The cost of time and money and bringing someone else competing with you up to speed is actually just not worth it. It's more easy, it was easier to keep you than to let you go. So the question I would like you to ask yourself at this point is, am I, for any of my clients, indispensable, irreplaceable, or am I just imagining it? How can I make myself indispensable and irreplaceable? Number five today, the final one today, is to be a giver. And this means that you've always got to be increasing the value of that relationship by adding value to that relationship. And one of my favorite business books is called Influence the Psychology of Persuasion. I might have mentioned this. In fact, I have on previous episodes of this podcast. It's by someone called Dr. Robert Cialdini, an American academic. And his book, which came out in 84, has been around a long time. It's a fantastic book and a consistent bestseller. And one of the principles in that book is called The Principle of Reciprocity. What it means is this. When people feel that you've paid attention to them, uh, noticed something in a way that no one else has, given them something of value that's unique to that relationship, they reciprocate. In fact, they feel a psychological pressure to reciprocate. People are more likely to give you something in return and forgive errors on your part. So what this means is that you've got to be looking for ways to invest to have skin in the game, to cultivate that relationship, to be the first to give in that relationship. However, if you only sell to companies on a transactional basis, in other words, you just turn up and deliver what you're paid to do and nothing more, you fulfill the contract and nothing more, well, I don't think you're investing enough. If you really want a long-term lasting relationship and want to be indispensable and irreplaceable, you've got to be going the extra mile. Not not selling yourself cheap. I'm not talking about doing things for free. That's not something I would ever recommend. I addressed that topic back in episode 72, where I asked you uh, to listen to me on my topic of uh, should you ever train for free? And I think the answer is no. But on the other hand, there are things which you can do to give, 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 then ask. You've got to first serve before you deserve. And I think that's very true in any 
client relationship. I'm not talking again about investing time, your time and money for free, but looking to find some way to engender reciprocity, which is this feeling that you've given them something which merits an invitation to train, an invitation to do business with them. So if you want to have a lasting relationship, you've got to give value to strengthen that relationship on a consistent basis and in a unique way. And here are some ways I've seen other people do this very, very well. I came across some customer service training company, which sometimes calls up clients or prospective clients and says, I've just called your customer service team. I had a phone conversation with them and I observed these issues, which I think are actually potential problems. Here are my top three recommendations as to how to solve this quickly. Think of that. You're Matt, you're running a C, uh, company, you're a CEO of a company, and someone proactively, unasked, unrequited, or rather unsolicited, I should say, approaches you and says, I've just had a call with one of your people. I've discovered these things. These things are costing you money right now. Here are my recommendations to fix them. All of a sudden, a couple of things have happened. You've given them something for free, but is it for free? Well, not really, because you've given them recommendations. The next step, of course, is perhaps to invite you in to expound upon that and show how you can actually turn those things around. That's exactly what businesses want to hear. If you're a commodity, someone only goes looking for time management or sales training or a leadership training or resilience training when they're aware of the problem. Okay? That's a very important point. If you can help someone to be aware of something they're unaware of, you're, a, you're ahead of the game. You're a step ahead of the game. So many companies, in my experience, the successful ones, are looking for problems to solve, and often they do this proactively. Another company I'm aware of does this. They examine someone's website, and they send them a free video on loom.com. So loom.com is a software where you can download and record your screen. And they run through the website and they find three or four or five costly errors which need to be fixed. The CEO or business owner is unaware. Those are problems. And then they send that video to them and say, here are a couple of problems we've found with your website, with your web business. And here are a couple of recommendations to get them fixed. Drop me a line if you'd like to speak about this further. Here are my ideas on how this could work for you. Or I found out that your competitor is doing X and Y, and they've saved Y, they're getting these results. Here are my recommendations as to how you could approach this. So each of those kinds of conversations, I've given you three, set you up for a business development conversation with the business person, not a training provider conversation with a HR person. That's a completely different dynamic. So the question I'd like to, to ask yourself here at this point, number five today, is this, am I continually providing value, unsolicited value, insight, and doing it in a way that my best client feels they need me? They need my insight. They need my value. They need my expertise because that changes the dynamic and helps to build a longer lasting, mutually beneficial, interdependent relationship. My sincere thanks to you again for tuning in this week. Thanks for all your support as always. And I'd love to hear from you if you've got particular challenges or queries. Maybe you're thinking of starting off in the training business or currently facing problems, challenges in your training business. If that's the case, then bang me an email. Send across an email to mark at trainingbusiness.com. 
And if it's something I can help with, I'd love to put together an episode just for you and your problems, your your business challenges. I'd like you to leave a rating, if I may ask you to do this, on podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, because this helps us to promote the show and to attract the kinds of guests. And we've got some great guests lined up in 2020 who can help you with your training business challenges. You can check out the podcast, as always, each week on Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher and Spotify. We're on Twitter, of course, on Facebook and Instagram. Not the most active, I have to say, on social media. But if you'd like to, feel free to check us out on those channels and join the social media conversation. My best wishes to you and your families. I hope you're safe, cocooned, or wherever you are, enjoying the spring sunshine. Thankfully, it's spring at last. Until next Thursday, keep on selling, keep on training, and above all, keep safe. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.